Good morning, good morning. I was teaching my students a couple weeks ago, rolling out sugar cookies for Christmas. And I said, watch, follow my example, because if you roll the wrong way, and as I was saying it, half the dough went on the rolling pin, and I ripped up my dough. And of course, they said, are you trying to show us how to not do something? I said, absolutely. I said, I just want to show you the wrong way so you can learn. Uh, the Bible is filled with people who have done it right. And the Bible is also filled with people who have done it wrong. <clears throat> Turning your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to remind us that their examples were written for us to learn from, to learn from. So I'm going to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we'll read probably the, well, we'll read a lot. We'll read the first 12 verses, but I'm probably only going to focus on one. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual morality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the end of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands... Take heed, lest he fall. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for the times we live in. Uh, we can have your word so readily available with commentaries and, and uh, Bible apps and all those things. It truly is so it would seem easier to study your word now than it ever has been before. And so we thank you for that. And we pray that we would be diligent. We pray that uh, we would be edified and built up during this time, that we would leave uh, with more love for you in our hearts, that we would uh, just enjoy you in this Christian walk, that we would uh, be a people that shine bright. So be honored and glorified above all during this time. In your name, amen. <clears throat> so there's a lot in here. There's a lot in here. Um, in verse 6, it says, now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Other translations would say to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Or even other ones would say to keep us for our not passionately, passionately desiring evil things. One of the sad verses in the Bible is verse 5. If we can say they're sad verses, I don't know how I feel about it. But 1 Corinthians 10, it makes me sad. Verse 5, it says, But with most of them, God was not well pleased. With most of them. 
the Israelites in the wilderness, with most of them, he was not well pleased. And there's four things through their history that they do. So if you want a New Year's Eve study, you can study these four things that happened to the Israelites, verses 7 through 10. They became idolaters. They committed sexual immorality. They tempted Christ. I believe that was a time where uh, they loathed manna. Okay, they did not want to keep eating this manna. And then we're going to look at 10, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Four things. And the reason I'm emphasizing this is not to just kind of um, come out the gate 2022 and, and, and try to make us all feel bad, but to realize that in verse 6, that this is our natural inclinations, that most of them God was not well pleased with, and that when these guys got into the wilderness situation of their lives, there's four major things that they did. And that here in 1 Corinthians, Paul is saying, listen, you've got to understand that you will be just like them unless you make a constant effort and or decision in your mind that you will not go down the same path. This, this is us. This is what we do when we're in the wilderness. This is what we do. And so I just want to focus on one of them today, and hopefully we can be encouraged that we're not like that. But my question um, in verse 10, nor complain, and some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. How do I know if I have a heart of complaining? How do I know if I'm a complainer? Uh, because the Lord uh, punishes them pretty severely for complaining. And you're going to see that they complained a lot once they've been freed from Egypt. They complained a lot. And so what I want to do is look at Numbers chapter 16. We're going to see this story. This is what they're talking about. Turn to Numbers chapter 16. We'll start in verse 1. Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abarim, the sons of Elab, and An, the son of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, you take too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among you. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? When Moses heard it, he fell on his face, and he spoke to Kor and all his company, saying, Tomorrow morning the Lord will show who is his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near to him, that one whom he chooses he will cause to come near to him. And if you skip down, you will see the response to what he said. In verse 12, it says, And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abram the sons of Elab and said to them, "We will." But they said, We will not come up. Is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, that you should keep acting like a prince over us? Moreover, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. Okay, so 
Moses is sitting here, and once again, first of all, Moses' leadership has been questioned three or four times, if you read in the account, where the people are ready to just get rid of him as a leader, sometimes stone him. And here's another point where they take 250 leaders, men of Reound, and they all go to Moses' face and say, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Why, 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 why do you get to lead us? And then the response is amazing. You took us out of a land of flowing of milk and honey. You haven't brought us to the new one yet. Complaining, complaining, complaining. So one, this isn't really even in my notes, but be careful about complaining about leadership. Okay? It's, uh, as everyone said, it's kind of like, it was, you know, does everyone remember the jokes of at least 2020 is over, now we get 2021? How does it feel now that we're in 2022? <laughs> right? Everyone's like, well, at least we got 2021 coming. Okay. Well, if you feel like you might be in a little time of wilderness or your expectations of what you thought life was supposed to be like is not what it is, be careful that you're not just going to go blame someone else. Careful about blaming leadership. Careful about blaming the elders in the assembly. Careful with that stuff. That is the natural inclination of these people. They just want to destroy Moses right away. But how do we know <clears throat> um, if what they're saying is true or not? Okay, And, and what is their attitude like? Uh, I was actually listening to some uh, a message about this passage from Rod Dewberry. And I thought it was really interesting that he was just, again, talking about when you are disappointed with where you are in life because you thought it was supposed to be different at this stage and it's not, then you get this attitude of complaining so much. And so sometimes it is all about expectation. Like, did we think this year should have been better than 2020? And it wasn't. And now we're disappointed. And 2022 better be better than 2021. It has to be, uh, or we will complain, okay? And so, number one, sometimes when you have this heart of complaining, here's what happens. You don't remember the past correctly, okay? In verse 13, it says, Is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, that you should keep acting like a prince over us? Um, Egypt was not flowing with milk and honey. It just wasn't flowing. There's probably some milk and honey there. It definitely wasn't flowing. And so their expectation was, they're sitting here in this moment, complaining in the wilderness going, Do you, you took us out of this great, amazing land, flowing with milk and honey. We were slaves, but it was flowing. And in fact, their own language would not say this. Previously, when they're complaining, they said Egypt was filled with fish and garlic and leeks. They never previously said it was flowing with milk and honey. But now they're at a point where they're saying, you took us out of a land flowing with milk and honey. How many of us, again, have said things like, well, the world isn't as good as it used to be. Morals are crazy now. They weren't like this back in the day. Remember the good old days. They weren't as good as we think, guys. <laughs> they really weren't that good. <laughs> uh, again, you know, uh, you talk about sexual prom uh, promiscuity. I can't say that word either. You know, whatever. Guys, it, it, you know, you'll hear that the 60s probably were just as bad. That's what they say. And guess what? Before that, it, it was probably bad. The, the Roman Empire was pretty promiscuous. Um, 
it's interesting how we always think in this moment it's far worse and if we could just get back to the olden days we could just get back to the olden days and if we if we just stop and take a second do we really want to go backwards i don't think we do i still remember um because it's, it's so funny now you know my daughters are thinking about college like oh man i had so much time in college like what a day like i had one or two classes a day and I just played the rest of the time. That's what I remember. Maybe my GPA shows that. I don't know. But um, I also remember clearly senior year longing just for an eight-hour shift because the schedule of college was so weird. And it was just like one class at 10 and then one at 2. And then you just wanted to get into a normal routine. And I just want to go to work for eight hours. I don't want these college hours anymore. And then... You look back now and you're like, I would love those college hours. I would love those college hours. When we have a heart of complaining, we don't see the past correctly usually. So I would challenge us. If on your mind and on your, your lips is constantly like, man, if it could only be like it used to be, you're a little off. You're a little off. And in fact, Ecclesiastes 7 speaks about this. We've shared some of this before. In verse 10 of Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it says this. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. For wisdom is a defense as money is a defense, but the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. Consider the work of God, for who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider, surely God has appointed the one as well as the other. Be happy when it's the good times. When it's the day of adversity, consider, God's made them both. God's made them both. Be careful with complaining. Be careful. In Isaiah 43, verse 16, it says this. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'm just praising the Lord, and I want to encourage us today that God is constantly doing a new thing constantly doing a new thing i catch myself at times thinking of how Branford bible chapel has changed since i've been here how many people have left they've moved out of state or 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 different things um and and i sit there going and i've called myself saying man if we could have just kept like a third of the people that left we'd be busting at the door and and, and all those and i'm trying to tell you that i don't think that's the right attitude I don't think it's the right attitude. Why? Because I should be focusing on the new thing the Lord wants to do. The Lord is not sitting there aimlessly going, I don't know, Branford, what do you want to do? The Lord actually has plans to prosper and to build up spiritually, and I would even think maybe numerically, this place. Okay, And that's the attitude that we should be looking at instead of a heart of complaining. Instead of a heart of complaining. Well, the next kind of test to see if you maybe have a heart of complaining or not is 
right there in Numbers chapter 16, the next verse, it says, Moreover, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. The next thing they want to complain about is, we don't have milk and honey because of you. I am not where I want to be because of you, Moses. There's way too many times in our spiritual walks where we blame someone else for the lack of milk and honey in our lives. The Lord, especially with all the promises of the land, the Lord wants to absolutely have milk and honey flow in your life. And if you don't have it, you should blame no one but yourself. Because that's the way it seems like the Lord works. Even in the day of adversity, you can have milk and honey. Bob Shannon is the head football coach at East St. Louis High School. In the past 12 years, his teams have won five state championships. Two years ago, they won the state championship and were named number one high school football team in the nation. Last year, they stretched their winning streak to 26 games before they were finally beaten in the state semifinals. The record is all the more remarkable when you consider that the East St. Louis is a sinkhole of crime and violence. One morning, they found the body of an executed drug dealer on their practice field. Often, they'd run through a gauntlet of gang-related gun battles in order to get to class. If you drive through the surrounding area, you see boarded-up buildings, filthy streets, and all signs of urban decay. Most of the players come from single-parent families, and nearly all of them receive public aid. It is as close to hopeless as any situation you would find in America. And yet, Bob Shannon turns out winners. Over and over again, reporters ask him how he does it, and the answer is always the same. We battle tough odds, but we don't look for excuses to explain failure. We look for ways to succeed. What a great statement. We don't look for excuses to explain failure. We look for ways to succeed. No wonder the man is a winner. No wonder his teams win, even in crime-infested East East St. Louis. I think it's just pretty amazing. We don't look for excuses to explain failure. We look for ways to succeed. It is in the heart of man to sit there and blame someone for why he doesn't have what he has, especially sometimes spiritually. Spiritually, it's so easy to complain about church, so easy to complain about the music and the speaking, so easy to complain about youth group and the lack of ministries or the ministries that are there stink. And there's also a huge conversation of why those things need to be looked at and done correctly because they are a picture of, of, of the church. But, but there's such a difference between looking for excuses to explain your failure instead of looking for ways to succeed. Do you know what the people reading 1 Corinthians and us have that these guys did not have here in the book of Numbers? Simply the book of Numbers. (laughs) We have the stories that show us our natural inclinations so that we can fully be without excuse. And yet we still blame other people. The word of God is now canonized. It is complete. And it has told us warning after warning. You will see yourself in the scriptures. You will be like these people. Look at their mistakes Don't go down the same path. Look what they did right. You can read so you don't have to do the same things they did. 
They didn't have that, guys. <laughs> and I'm not saying they weren't just held as accountable. I'm just saying that we live in times where we should not have to blame other people. Everything you need to know about why you succeed or fail spiritually is in this book. There is numerous stories and characters that you want to, you tend to struggle with this area of your life. You can find it in here and find the mistakes they made and go, I don't want to do that. All of these things in 1 Corinthians 10 ended in disaster for the Israelites. You're talking about thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that died. And if it wasn't for Moses' intercession on their behalf, God would have wiped them out. It was merciful how many people did not die because of Moses' intercession on their behalf. And the book is telling us, hey, you're just like them. Watch out. You're just like them. You got saved out of Egypt. You might be in the wilderness experience. Don't go down this road complaining and the other three things that we're not even talking about today the truth of the matter is that it's completely their fault they didn't go to the land of milk and honey do you remember the 12 spies 10 of them came back with the fruit of the land hanging on a pole going yes it's amazing and they are quoted saying it is a land filled with milk and honey flowing but there's also giants and we're little grasshoppers so we refuse to go. The reason that they're sitting there blaming Moses when Moses is the one that said, go spy out the land and take it. And they refuse. And then they come back and go, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's just our natural inclination. Finally, if you know what this story is, this is a pretty crazy story here in Numbers chapter 16. What happens right after this is that uh, they all come out, and uh, the Lord shows up, and he opens up the earth, and the earth swallows them whole. Pretty scary. Um, pretty scary. I, I, again, it, you don't want to just look at it like a, a Bible story. I can't imagine what that scene looked like back there. So he's sitting there, see the earth open up, and women, children, and men get sucked into the earth, dead. And I don't know, then it closes, like that, I'm, I'm assuming, very eerie silence. Just like, what just happened now they're in the ground, or what happens next, okay? And you would think, watching that would change their mind a little bit. So let's look at verse 41 in Numbers chapter 16. On the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. Okay. Whew. The third thing you need to realize, if you might wonder if you have a heart of complaining or not, is you don't like to take any personal responsibility. The earth opened up because they were complaining, swallowed lots of people. And the next day, their first corporate response to what happened was, you killed those people. Not taking any personal responsibility for what they did. Personal responsibility 
something that needs to be taught. That we would just own up to our actions. That maybe we are in a position in our lives because we put ourselves there. Maybe we don't have milk and honey flowing because of our sin. Maybe, not even necessarily our sin, is because we didn't choose to do anything to go get the milk and honey. We just thought it would just be put in front of us. Do you remember that was the biggest problem, was that God promised them milk and honey, and they saw it, and yet there was a battle that had to be fought to get it. And that's when they said, well, then I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting. And then they blamed these guys later. Personal responsibility. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Interesting statement. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Just take the personal responsibility. I remember, I might have shared the story again. We had missionary come over our house, and uh, he had a few kids. And I remember him talking to me and talking to the whole family. It was nice. It was kind of like normal. didn't think about it. Something like two or three days later, I opened the door, and his son is sitting at my uh, front step just bawling. So I'm thinking, I'll go get mom. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Headball said, oh, no, no, he's here for you. And I thought, shoot, what did I do? There's this kid bawling. I didn't do anything. And he uh, opened up his hand. And he just, he didn't say a lot. I think he, I, he might have said, I'm sorry, if I remember correctly. And there was my pack of gum in his hand. And I said, oh, you can say sorry again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I remember that that was big for that dad. He was going to have him come over. He was going to return the gum to me. And he was going to take responsibility and say, I took this. I'm sorry. And uh, I thought that was interesting. I, I kind of wondered with my kids, man, if I ever catch them stealing a pack of gum, like, will I make them go do that? Like, or just kind of like spank them and leave them at home. I don't know. But that was a, a big story for me in my own life of going, wow, like that dad wants to make sure he owns up. And it, it was just a pack of gum. Like, I, I probably would have just sent a pack of gum in the mail and said, hey, my, my kid stole this. Here's two packs. We're even. Something like that. But for him to make him do that was huge. And I just think that <laughs> some of us need to return some gum. Some of us need to, to sit there and just own up sometimes to why we are in the position in life that we're in, um, in all areas of life. We all have things we need to, to be responsible for. And I'm not, again, trying to just hammer you and, and, and let the Holy Spirit convict. What I'm saying is I don't want us to have this heart of complaining and no responsibility and blaming others and all these such things. So I'm going to end with, again, the way the Lord did it, Okay. The Lord Jesus, again, as we read in Isaiah, stood like a lamb before the shears and didn't open his mouth, having every right, didn't blame people for what was going on. Um, and, and, and I don't even want to say blame because he had the right to go, no, you're absolutely wrong. Why aren't you doing that? And the last thing I thought of 
is in Genesis 15. Um, just the amazing picture I want to bring us again of when God and Abraham slaughter uh, a cow and they're going to walk through it. And God basically, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, rephrasing the story here. Abraham does not walk through it because here's what it was. He was making a covenant with Abraham. And when they slaughter that animal and they walk through it together, it was a picture saying, listen, if you don't fulfill your end of the bargain, we have rights that what happened to this animal will happen to you. You lose your life. And the other person is saying the same thing. And that's why in, in Genesis 15, 17, it says this. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. There's a picture of God walked through these pieces and didn't allow Abraham to do it. What did it mean? God was sitting there saying, I'm responsible for you anyway. God knew Abraham and the people coming after him would not be able to hold up their side of the bargain. And so it did cost him his life. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And he walked through and he said, listen, I'm responsible if you can't meet up your side of the bargain. And so that's the God we serve. He has completely taken responsibility of our actions uh, and, and nailed them to the tree. And so it would be good for us to be a people that take responsibility. So I just kind of want to encourage you, hopefully, um, we should not be a people complainer. But we have a lot to look forward to in 2022. Again, check out the rest of the things here in 1 Corinthians 10. Um, we don't want to look like them, though. We want to be those who learn from the Israelites and thank the Lord for all that he has done. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much um, that uh, you are always there for us, that you want us to succeed. Um, we are naturally a complaining people, and so I pray that uh, you would just help us uh, to not complain and that not to put blame on others, uh, to take personal responsibility, and uh, that you would help us in this. Uh, it should be, quote, easier, but it's not. It's uh, really hard for us to not blame people and to uh, take personal responsibility. And so, Lord, uh, we thank you that uh, you truly uh, want to give us uh, all that, that those symbols mean of a land flowing with milk and honey. And uh, it's right there for us. And so you, we pray that you would empower us and uh, strengthen us to go get the things that you have put out there for us. In your name, amen.